Thank you for watching NTD Business Top Stories tonight. Meta stocks having one of its best days ever after reporting the latest quarterly results. We look at possible reasons for the spike and what Mark Zuckerberg is planning for the company. Internet users feel that AI chatbot ChatGPT has a left-leaning bias. As AI gets more powerful and more widespread, such a bias could impact society. ChatGPT denies the allegations. A new Biden administration report criticizes Apple and Google's app stores. This is part of a sweeping government plan to tackle monopolies. And energy giant Shell reporting record high profits for 2022. What drove the gains? That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here. AI chatbot ChatGPT is now the fastest growing consumer app in history. That's according to analysis by Swiss bank UBS. It's estimated to have hit 100 million active users in January, just two months after launch. TikTok took nine months to hit that number, Instagram two and a half years. ChatGPT was created by OpenAI, a private company backed by Microsoft. It can write articles, essays, jokes, and even poetry in response to user requests. Though some have expressed concern that it could do wrongdoing, like students could ask it to write their assignments for them. The product has been freely available to the public since late November, but today OpenAI announced a $20 per month subscription option. It's still available for free for those who don't subscribe, but for those that do, it will offer a faster and more stable service. In our special report today, we want to inform you about an inherent bias that ChatGPT may have. Some are calling it the leftist artificial intelligence program because of how it answered certain ideologically partisan questions. ChatGPT is a revolutionary AI program that intelligently and almost instantly answers any question. It seems to be taking the world by storm and is being used by businesses around the world. Some have said it's better than Google. And as artificial intelligence programs like ChatGPT become more powerful and more deeply ingrained in our lives, they could have profound impacts on public discourse, among other things, if they answer people's questions with political bias. So here's an example of ChatGPT's possible bias. A Twitter user asked it to write a poem about the positive attributes of Donald Trump. ChatGPT refused. It said it's not programmed to produce content that is partisan, biased, or political in nature. Now, that's what it says. So then the Twitter user asked it again to write a poem, this time about the positive attributes of Joe Biden. It didn't refuse this time. ChatGPT pumped out a 12-line free verse rhyming poem. And let me read it to you right now. It's so touching. Joe Biden, a leader with a heart so true, a man with empathy and kindness in view. With decades of experience, he stands tall, bringing hope to all, no matter great or small. So beautiful. This is just the first couple of lines. ChatGPT then went on to praise Biden's honesty and wisdom. Even Elon Musk responded, calling it a serious concern. So to confirm the Twitter user's findings, we at NTD also asked ChatGPT to write a poem about Joe Biden. And once again, instead of refusing, it came out with a rhyming free verse poem. A leader with the heart of gold, Joe Biden's story yet untold. A man of empathy and grace bringing the nation to a better place. 
ChatGPT went on to say all Americans come together hand in hand and support our leader across this land. Another Twitter user asked ChatGPT, can kids be transgender? ChatGPT said yes. It even said it's important to support and affirm children when they declare they want to be a different gender. Once again, Elon Musk responded saying that ChatGPT expresses this view without a shred of doubt, which is discordant with the scientific method. So why is ChatGPT like this? We spoke to the creator of generative AI platform Umaker, Abbas Moladina. Umaker's algorithm leverages off ChatGPT, and he's very familiar with the underlying technology. The underlying engine um, has learned most of its facts from the internet. Indeed, the way in which the engine has been trained uh, it's learned approximately about 10% of, uh, of the internet. And as you and I know, uh, the internet is inherently subjective. And because of that subjectivity, that then inevitably uh, filters through into the, uh, the outputs that some of, the use, some of your users may see. In ChatGPT's training, there was also a heavy human element. We spoke to Brad Anderson, who uses AI extensively in his tech business. They use humans to ask questions and provide model responses. And if those responses that are approved or favored uh, by the humans um, have biases in them, then the model can become biased. So what should be done? We spoke with the CEO of software firm Virtual World Computing, Jeff Berment. The only way it can really be changed is you build your own, just like we do in the ecosystem of browsing and search. Uh, our own social platforms, we're going to have to do similar type of work, probably. Meanwhile, OpenAI, the creator of ChatGPT, says that the program may occasionally produce biased content. It adds that it can even occasionally generate incorrect information, including plausible sounding but incorrect or nonsensical answers. We'll keep you updated on the new developments with ChatGPT. Moving on. Mark Zuckerberg's recent earnings calls seem to spark a nearly 20% jump in meta shares. NTD's Sean Marshall takes a look into some reasons for the share price increase and what meta is working on. Meta shares are soaring, possibly boosted by the focus on efficiency with actions like cutting 11,000 employees in November of last year and meta recently unveiling a $40 billion stock buyback plan. Buybacks reduce outstanding shares or shares held by all of its shareholders, increasing the value of remaining shares. Though tech investor Bob Brobuck thinks Metastock excitement might be short-lived. If you look at the 13 billion plus loss that they uh, recorded with uh, the metaverse activity, you've got to come to the conclusion that they need to start making money there uh, on that side of the business or you know, the next couple quarters aren't gonna be as promising as this one. You can only cut so much headcount before you start cutting into stuff that's actually going to grow your business. In the recent earnings call, Mark Zuckerberg mentions MR, or mixed reality, is one main area Meta is working on in the virtual reality space. Uh, Later this year, we're going to launch our next generation consumer headset, um, which will feature Meta reality as well. And I expect that this is going to establish this technology as the baseline for all headsets going forward and eventually, of course, for AR glasses as well. Zuckerberg also mentioned a recent hot topic for tech, AI. 
One of Meta's main goals is to become a leader in generative artificial intelligence research. AI, um, it's the foundation of our discovery engine and our ads business. Um, and we also think that it's going to enable many new products and additional transformations in our apps. Uh, generative AI is an extremely exciting new area uh, with so many different applications. Zuckerberg plans to launch a number of different generative AI products this year. Meta is working on AI-generated images, videos, avatars, 3D assets, and more across all the different work streams. They want to empower creators to be way more productive and creative across Meta apps. Sean Marshall, NTD News. And a new Biden administration report says Apple and Google's app stores stifle competition. The report is by the National Telecommunications and Information Administration. In it, officials called out how the companies restrict app downloads to their own proprietary stores. Generally, consumers cannot gain access to apps except through the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. The report suggests legislation is needed to give app developers and consumers more choices than these two stores and that doing this will drive up competition and lower app prices. On the other side, Apple argues that its app store and rules protect users from dangerous apps. The White House is pushing for tech antitrust action in the new Congress. Recently, the Justice Department sued Google over its dominance of advertising technology. Joining me is Jessica Malugin. She's a director at the Competitive Enterprise Institute. So maybe to set the stage first, Jessica, tell us in your own words what the report uh, called competition in the mobile app ecosystem. What is it arguing? So it has some concerns about the two big players in the market. Everyone will know this. This is either the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. Now, they do have the vast majority of the market share, but they're not the only players in town. And what we're seeing in this report is a bit of recycling from legislation in the last Senate in the House that did not pass. So what you're seeing is two bills sort of combined into this report where there's a lot of pointing out of what the challenges are, what the concerns are, but there aren't a lot of hard answers about what we should do about it. And I don't like the idea that if we can't get it done in Congress, we're just going to sort of do it under the radar over here at an agency. That's not how this country is supposed to work. And you're gambling with a big, big deal here. You know, the app ecosystem is responsible for about two and a half million U.S. jobs. Um, it, this ecosystem generates trillions of dollars in revenue around the globe. And if you break that system, um, your constituents are not going to be very happy, right? And the U.S. needs to be thinking about remaining a global leader here. So hampering U.S. companies with these strange restrictions because they're a, bureaucrats are a little uncomfortable with how big these companies are doesn't make a lot of economic sense. So to be clear, it's saying that if, let's say, the iPhone, if, if, if Apple allowed third-party app stores on the iPhone, this could you know, incentivize more competition and users will get better apps and lower prices. Is that what they're arguing? So there's a few things, and that's you're correct. That's one of them. One is saying perhaps there shouldn't be so many restrictions on what apps are allowed into the Apple App Store. On the Google side and the Apple side, there's some concerns about the fees that those platforms extract from in-app purchases. So there's a couple different layers here, but basically they're saying they sort of don't like the business model here. It makes them uncomfortable, and they don't really do a very thorough job 
of talking about what the advantages to those business models are for consumers. Namely, on the Apple side, a whole lot of security and privacy that you wouldn't be able to guarantee if the standards weren't as strict. So there's trade-offs here. Um, no one's arguing that these app stores aren't restrictive, but they're restrictions that often are for very good reasons. You know, these platforms have every incentive to protect their consumers. They want them to trust the apps that are in their app store, and they want them to coming back. And I want to make a point on competition because the report mentions uh, competition. So within Apple's own store, Apple already uses various strategies to incentivize competition. It has top 10 lists. It has app highlights on the front pages. And sometimes Apple's own keynote presentation events, they showcase developers' apps if they're really good. So all this, I think, incentivizes developers to make their apps the best they can be. Do you think so? I think that's exactly right. If people only understood how many like little guy developers have kind of realized the American dream because they're able to put their app on these huge platforms like Apple and Google have. And that kind of commercial reach is something you could never achieve on your own with your own little website. So we don't want to break that. That's so healthy for entrepreneurs here in the U.S. And it's great for consumers because we're getting all, you know, 30,000 new apps come on every month into the, app, the Apple App Store. We don't want to stop that flow of ingenuity and innovation. That's the good stuff. So when the report uses the word, the word competition, um, you know, we need to remember that competition is good amongst companies. We're not protecting competitors. We should be protecting competition, right? And that's how the consumer wins. And, and just one last thing I, I want to make a point about, you know, if Apple allows a third party store on their phone, it's reasonable to assume that Apple's not going to be letting them on the, uh, on the iPhone for free. So let's say Apple charges that third party app store 30% of their profits. Now this third party app store are not gonna let developers free either on their app store. So in the end, it could be very possible that developers are actually paying even more to be on this uh, third party app store. That's right. There's always sort of unforeseen harmful consequences when you start fiddling with these business models. The market has arranged it in a way and it's working, right? Everyone's benefiting. Developers are getting paid. The platforms also need to get paid, by the way. This isn't their charitable service to run these app stores. They're in it for a profit too and there's nothing wrong with that. So this is, I think, a classic case of if it isn't broken, uh, the government should not come in trying to fix it and, and probably will end up breaking it. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's a very possible outcome. But thank you for the discussion today, Jessica. Pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much. And on Wall Street, stocks ended mixed today. The Dow lost 39 points or one-tenth of a percent. S&P rose 61 points or 1.5 percent. NASDAQ added 385 points or 3.3 percent. British oil giant Shell delivered a record $40 billion profit in 2022. That's according to the energy giant today. The $40 billion in annual profit soared past the previous record of $31 billion in 2008. The gains were driven by higher oil and gas prices, robust refining margins, and a strong performance from Shell's trading business. The record earnings, which more than doubled from a year earlier, mirrored those reported by U.S. rivals earlier this week. And they seem certain to intensify pressure on governments to further hike taxes on the sector. Governments struggling with soaring energy bills have responded by imposing windfall taxes on the energy sector. And Shell said it expects to incur around $2.4 billion in costs related to the levies in 2022. 
India's Adani Group shares sank today after market turmoil forced the conglomerate to axe a crucial $2.5 billion stock offer. That deepened its market losses to more than $100 billion. Now it's sparking worries about the potential impact. NTD's Colin Fredrickson has the story. The total market losses at India's Adani Group have swelled to over $100 billion. Shares in associated companies have been tumbling since the release of a scathing report by U.S. short seller Hindenburg Research. It accused Adani of stock manipulation and improper use of offshore tax havens. The firm has called the allegations baseless, but its troubles deepened late Wednesday when it was forced to cancel a $2.5 billion share sale. But considering the volatility of the market seen yesterday, our board strongly felt that it would not have been morally correct to proceed with the appeal. Gautam Madani's own assets have taken a hammering. His net worth has tumbled by tens of billions, dropping him to 16th on the list of the world's richest people. Just days ago, he was third. Meanwhile, Adani is doing his best to reassure investors the company's balance sheet is healthy and that it has a good track record of paying back debts. Once the market stabilizes, we will review our capital market strategy. We have a strong focus on ESG and every business of ours will continue to create value in a responsible way. Right now, though, the school dropout turned multi-billionaire faces an uphill task restoring confidence in his sprawling empire. Colin Fredrickson, NTD News. The ripples could go further. Adani's plummeting stocks have raised concerns over the impact on India's financial system. The country's central bank has asked local lenders for details on their exposure to the group. And a new study says the COVID-19 pill is causing new variations of the virus in some patients. Mutations linked to the use of Merck's pill Legevrio have been identified in viral samples taken from dozens of patients. Bloomberg reported the preprint study was done by researchers in the U.S. and U.K. They fear Legevrio may create more contagious or health-threatening COVID variants. The team examined around 13 million viral genomes in databases around the world. They found Legivrio induced mutations in small clusters of patients. This indicates that new versions were spreading among them. According to Bloomberg, the drug-linked mutations were proportionally more common in countries where the use of the drug was likely. The study highlights the risk of intentionally seeking to alter the pathogen's genetic code. Merck says research done in animals showed the drug didn't cause mutations. But the U.S. National Institutes of Health says the drug shouldn't be used when alternatives are available. Republican attorneys general from 20 states are warning two large pharmacy chains against mailing abortion pills within their states. They co-signed letters to CVS and Walgreens executives. The letters rebuked recent guidance from the Justice Department that concluded federal law did not prohibit the mailing of abortion pills. The DOJ opinion came ahead of the new rules from the Food and Drug Administration. The rules allow certified pharmacies to dispense medication for abortion with a prescription, including by mail order. The AG's letters say they reject what they call the DOJ's bizarre interpretation of federal law. 
and they suggest they may bring civil lawsuits to challenge the claim that federal law allows mailing abortion pills. A spokesperson for Walgreens says its stores are not dispensing the abortion pill called Mifepristone at this time, but it intends to become a certified pharmacy for it under the federal program. CVS did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Chinese state media are touting a scientific breakthrough. The successful cloning of three super cows. They produce a lot of milk. The animals can reproduce produce uh, reportedly 18 tons of milk a year. That's almost 1.7 times as much milk as an average cow in the U.S. The three calves were cloned from cows that make unusually high amounts of milk of the Netherlands-based Holstein-Frisian breed. Only 5 in 10,000 cows in China are super cows. But sometimes the animals are identified late in their lifespans, meaning they're difficult to breed. Chinese scientists now plan to clone a herd of a thousand super cows. Taking a break now, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, the Biden administration targeting junk fees from credit cards to airlines. It could save consumers money, but also have unintended consequences. And a one-of-a-kind sports car sets a new record high at auction. Why is it special? That and much more coming up on NTD Business. And welcome back. It's happened to all of us. You go buy a $75 concert ticket only to discover at checkout it's going to cost over 100 bucks after fees. Or you book a hotel room only to get a $50 daily resort fee tacked on. Now the Biden administration unveiled fresh efforts to target such fees, including credit card late fees as well as those imposed by credit cards, airlines, and utilities. NTD's Andrew Thomas reports. President Biden is urging Congress to ban hidden junk fees and penalties across other industries. Congress should pass the Junk Free Protection Act so we can crack down on these fees and give hardworking Americans just a little bit more breathing room. Look, the bottom line is this. These unfair fees add up. It's a basic question of fairness. They include bank overdraft fees, ticket resale website fees, airline seat selection fees, and more. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and the Biden administration have been focusing on what they call junk fees, basically fees that are not really proportional to the value that the customer is receiving. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has proposed a rule to ban excessive fees for late credit card payments. Sometimes the fee can be as high as $41 for each missed payment. The agency estimates such fees cost consumers $12 billion a year. And the feeling is that if you pay your credit card bill a day late, that's not really costing the credit card company $30. That's an excessive fee, which they're terming more of a profit center than a recovery fee. The White House said the rule would reduce late fees from roughly $30 to $8, saving consumers as much as $9 billion a year. But it could also result in several unintended consequences. You know, would certain customers become less profitable and therefore less desirable for the bank? I think we'll have to see how it plays out, but I think there is some reason to be 
concerns that even though this sounds like a good thing on the face of it, does it mean higher fees or less access to credit elsewhere? I guess time will tell. The rule could take effect in 2024 after a comment period, but regulations are frequently subject to challenge and litigation by industry groups that can block or delay them. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. Meanwhile, someone with deep pockets has a new set of wheels. A one-of-a-kind Bugatti Chiron Profile was auctioned off for $10.7 million Wednesday in Paris. This sets a world auction record for the amount of money paid for a new car. The Profile goes from 0 to 62 miles per hour in just over two seconds. And although the unnamed winner of this auction should probably resist the temptation, the car can reach 236 miles per hour. The Profile will be Bugatti's last purely gas-powered supercar. And that's the latest from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter, too. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at NTD.com. That's all for today. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow.